now recording. Oh, nice. Uh, Here, I'll, I'll restart that. I want to add a new segment to the show where you guys just like shame me if I don't uh, don't stick to my training plan. I think that's a good that's a good idea. Yeah, I I feel like we need more shame in the show, which is not something that we've capitalized much on. That's true, and especially as I move Catholic, I think that's. Yeah, and especially as I'm not Catholic, I think that that's very fitting that you yeah, add a little bit to... of Catholic guilt to my life. I'll, I'll fill in the the show on my New Year's resolution, and then we can track it every week and and uh, just really give it to me if I don't stick with it. Uh, here, here's what I got for cold open: is most my cold open is mostly alcohol based. Of course. So I'm uh, I'm taking a shot out of my Dead Sea Scrolls mm-hmm. shot glass. It's a shot of. Um, uh enj brandy so nice nice that sounds good sweet and i've got this bottle of uh champagne to open fantastic once the uh once the clock strikes midnight of course right uh yeah yeah i'm not staying up till midnight neither am i so we'll just have to like fabricate midnight at some point here and just decide that this is the fucked up thing about how we do this podcast and how we record things is you know, we're recording this, so this is kind of our New Year's episode, or at least year in review episode. Right. Um, and yet, it hasn't been Christmas yet. Right. Yeah, that is uh, that is kind of fucked up. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out where to shoot this cork here. This is going to not go well. I'm going to tell you that ahead of time. I believe that. I believe that. I'm like rushing around here because i'm at that critical stage of cooking where if you you know fuck around too much you burn everything yeah sorry what was that i said i'm at a critical stage of cooking (laughs) did you hear did you hear me open the the champagne yes nice that's what that was it's always um more dramatic and less dramatic than i anticipate always always yes all I am right. pouring right. this, this bottle of simmer. This is more of a rolling boil here. Corbel champagne into a coffee mug. Yum. That I believe my roommate owns. So Naturally. I don't know what this, this coffee mug even means. Murray McCurry Hatchery, 100th anniversary alumni. Established 1917. Nice. Uh, that's champagne, all right. That's good. Champagne. That's uh, that's what you look for in champagne. Dry. Champagne. Oh yeah, it being champagne. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's based, That's like my number one thing that I like in my champagne. That is. How much is four ounces of noodles? Oh, I have no. That's not real. <laughs> noodles. Way don't to come measure in real noodles. Yeah, I, I need like uh, inches or I don't know. I'm just. I guess. Let's see. Uh, well, it's the last love dare of the year. Jared. Oh man, that's that's significant. I feel. Yeah, it's it's day fourteen of the love dare. Love takes delight. You ready? Yeah. Ecclesiastes nine nine. Enjoy life with the wife you love all the days of your fleeting life. Which, if you recall, we made fun of that last episode before. Right. I realized I was reading the wrong dare. Uh, today's dare. Fleeting life purposefully neglect an activity you would normally do so you can spend quality time with your spouse do something he would love to do or a project they'd really like to work on just be together so i'm taking this as you just at some point you can tell me what to do this episode something to do 
Does that seem well? Like... It has to be a sacrifice on your end. That, that oh, well, I want uh, I want you to go for a run with me on uh, on New Year's. Oh Jesus Christ, man! Yeah, <laughs> that's something I enjoy, and you oh, would be sacrificing, my... you know, <laughs> everything. That sucks so bad. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna go on a run. Jesus damn it, dude! You and me. What day? Uh, either New Year's Eve, New Year's, or the day after. Okay, all right. Well, that seems like a fair love dare. Oh, shit. I thought you were going to do something funny in the episode. I didn't know I'd have to exercise. Well, I think that this is funny for the episode. We could even record live during our run. I would rather we didn't, but... <laughs> I, I feel like that could be fun. That could be a, a good, enjoyable time for everyone. Oh, my God. Oh, shit! <laughs> my uh, My water boiled over. Oh, yeah. Your water broke. Yep. I just broke my water. <laughs> okay. I think this episode's going well. I think so, too. I... This is the cold open, so... I guess, yeah, like, what... What, are what we is doing? the episode? It's like, the what... urine review, you know? Right. <laughs> but... <laughs> what is the episode? <laughs> yeah, it's just we're, we're reviewing the year, you know? So that's what we're tackling. Maybe we can try to get some people on the show. Yeah. I'm shooting uh, Ross, you know, from the Mr. Hands episode, a message here. My message grows as well. There you go. I'm eating sushi. Dude, nice. Mm. I told Rose now. Right now? Right now. Oh, wow. She's just like here. Oh, hello. <laughs> hello. Good evening. Unlike, Good evening. Unlike me, Jared just said, uh, hop on now. All the people I texted, I was like, you know, sometime in the next hour, you could hop on to the episode. But Jared's just like, nah, Rose, Rose is here now. Well, yeah. I have a very tight and difficult schedule at the mm -hmm. current moment. So oh, okay. if I'm if sense. I'm gonna be on tonight, I have to be on now. Now because okay. this is as early as I can kind of sign off of work and then I have to talk to my aunt tonight. Gotcha. Because we have a thing planned and at some point I have to make dinner. Hey, that's what I'm doing right now. Yeah. Here, here's what here's what I'll I'll do. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and introduce the show because we're technically in cold open. Yeah, and hell yeah. Doing, and then what we're doing is just we'll just checking in with people Can, that were on the show. Like, how's you know how's your year been? It's like a where show. are they now? Yeah, that's. What I we're love doing. it. Yeah, I yeah. love it. Can I can I add my terrible joke to the cold open? Sure. What's the terrible joke? <laughs> hang on, hang on. Let me make sure I say it right because I will I'm fuck so it up. How does an octopus go into battle? How? Well armed. Why do you not have a bumps on the soundboard? Yeah. Well, he's not even got the what soundboard the connected. I'm, right on, I'm, on, my phone, right? I'm on my phone right now. Rose, I'm making dinner. <laughs> I'm, I'm okay. making food. Well, all right, all right, all right. Welcome to Very Legal, Very Cool, the last episode of 2020. And uh, Jared's a good I thought you were going to stop there. Say that. No, yeah, just... <laughs> Surprise! Surprise! People started listening to shitty, like shitty Christians, because of us. So um, they owe us everything. <laughs> honestly, yeah. We made who they are. Yeah, I mean, they they had a pretty big following before us, but 
I we mean, made them who they are. It sounds like you're just a gateway podcast, yeah. which is not bad. We're like that that you know, you're you're the person that everyone they everyone you date after they date you, they found their they find their sp- spouse. God, I can't speak <laughs> today. Really struggling here. Is that you? After they date Are you that person? Yeah, that or... is essentially me. Oh, that sucks. But who has got married? Uh, I don't know. Because he's that in like essence. It's not like it literally. Yeah, not it's not like it's not like literally true, but figuratively it seems right. Like you think Jared. Oh yeah, I can see that. (laughs) So now I'm gonna I'm gonna replace all my food making sounds with eating sounds. Oh dear. (laughs) There's noodles involved. Oh no. Please don't Mm. do the casher thing. The what? Not that kind of noodles. Thank God. Should I take another like, Dead Sea Skulls Japanese noodles. shot? I'm taking another Dead Sea Skulls shot. Mm-hmm. Do it. It's a good. This is a good shot glass. I lost it, and that's why I didn't. I wanted to make that a ritual, like I would inaugurate an episode by taking a shot out of the Dead Sea Scrolls shot glass, and then I lost. I it. like that's it. A, that's a dangerous tradition. It's a good tradition. So, Rose, you were on the show. I yeah, was how, a while how do you back. Feel about it. <laughs> yeah how how has being on Very Legal Very Cool changed your life? Um. Well, I get a lot more Discord notifications now. That's true. Just from the group. Yeah, I actually turned um, those notifications which, off. Which, yeah, like, which is a good thing and a bad thing. Yeah, no. Um, I would say, I, I, y'all, I'm so freaking tired. That's <laughs> okay. That's I'm okay. just, like, my brain is not wanting to work. I've been... <laughs> So for so so when I was on the show, I was still freelancing a hundred percent of the time. Yeah, yeah. And I have gotten what they call a real job since then. Ooh, gross. Oh. Um, which is actually really good because it's with the company that originally furloughed me during the beginning of the pandemic. Mm, um, they brought you back. They brought me back, and they brought me back not in my old position. Mm, Which was really good because in my old position, I was working like 12 hour days and crying in my car. And now you just cry in your car. Well, I don't have to. I work from home now. (laughs) Fantastic. So I I I cry cry in my home. Um, I actually still go out to my car to cry. It just feels right. Yeah, that's true. That's fair. That's fair. But yeah, no, I'm I'm actually very lucky because they had some movement as far as departments and they brought me back in a more content copywriting oriented position Mm. which is what I actually went to school for so I'm much happier like it's still really crazy right now this is our busy season because we host a um nationally televised event every January so it's a terrible time to work because mm-hmm. no one wants to work because of the holidays, and you also have to do all the things all the time. Yeah, that sounds really fun. That's rough. Yeah, I work on Christmas this year. Oh, that sucks. Because social media, and I mm. hate it. Yeah, and the only reason why I'm getting New Year's off is because I switched with one of my coworkers. So instead of working on New Year's, I will work the Saturday after. Oh, there you go. Um, nice. So... You know, so so it's fair to say that being on very legal, very cool has immeasurably improved your life. You got a new job. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh All yeah, of which can absolutely. Be, I can yeah. trace it directly back. 
yeah. to getting drunk off absinthe we, on we, your show. We create roughly. a lot of opportunities for people. Yeah. It's kind of like what we're trying to do here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, you've we're opened some doors podcast. for me. Yeah. I've been able to drop your name and like gotten into some conversations <laughs> that I have. Oh, we don't that. recommend doing that. You should not <laughs> drop our name anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. I went to a bar. I was like, I know Josiah, and they threw a drink in my face. I... <laughs> you know, and that's that's an event that wouldn't have happened unless I dropped your name. They beat it's me about new in the parking lot. <laughs> Not good experiences, just new experiences. New experiences. That, that is like the show motto. <laughs> that's, that's our it's new It's about experience. Line. It's about new experiences, not good experiences, just new You're experiences. You're welcome. I will take any and all residuals. Honestly, I, I think we need to bring, we need that as a, an official slogan. I think so. That's how I felt like when I was explaining Zwarty Pete to all of you on the last episode, mm-hmm. to Jordan, where I was like, this isn't a good experience, but I am introducing something to you. It's just, uh, yeah, that the Dutch. Right, like I'm learning, but I wish I had it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's technically educational. Like that's just kind of like, I feel like that's just the experience of like growing up in the American education system (laughs) vis-a-vis like history class yeah because when you're in like when you're a small child it's like this thing had like you know the the u.s i don't know or like 1776 we became independent and it was great and then you know you hear a little bit more and it's like oh yeah the boston tea party happened i remember learning about that and then it's like hey those white people dressed up like indians that they wouldn't be targeted by the police afterward Mm, Hmm. that's interesting and then you hit like (laughs) high school and it's like (laughs) like oh yeah and then when we were a new nation we systematically killed native cultures because we thought it was our right to do so manifest destiny yeah and it's it's just like every time you go through the same content but you actually chip away a little bit more of the actual truth yeah. And it's like this isn't fun. It's just new. Yeah, that's that's uh, been my whole uh, majoring in history. It's just a consecutive like sadder and sadder about everything. I was in uh, a U.S. history class in college with um, some guy that was like a like a freshman, and this wasn't like just you survey U.S. history. This was like I don't remember what the class was, but it was like a three hundred level U.S. history class. Like it was. Oy. Yeah, and he he just started out there. And so there were so many things that the professor kind of took for granted. And most of them were, hey, the U.S. wasn't the good guys. Like The U.S. was terrible. We were like, looking at the uh, My Lai um, massacre pictures from Vietnam. And I just remember the guy, like like the look on his face where he's suddenly realizing that Maybe are we, we the bad the guys? Are we the bad guys? <laughs> Wait, are we the baddies? <laughs> you know, just taking a minute, taking off our military hat with a skull and crossbones insignia. <laughs> are uh, are we the bad guys? <laughs> yeah, no. I honestly, in some ways, I really kind of wish that like history education was taught less in a fairy tale fable way when you're when you're young and more of like a here are the facts of the situation because you can present like 
you know, here is a historical figure. Here are the good things he did. Here are the bad things he did. Yeah. And like kids will get it. Yeah, it's it's like hard. not like kindergarten. I don't like, know. I'm when you sure hit, like, all Americans grade, are heroes. That's the thing. Everyone except Yikes. Benedict Arnold is pretty good. Yeah. Yikes. In my understanding. I read a, a a biography of Benedict Arnold and I, I kind of was like, uh, maybe he wasn't that bad. Very on brand. Very on brand. Yeah. Josiah, maybe he wasn't that bad, Sutton. Yeah, he didn't seem that bad. But <laughs> Well, you know, no. when we're when we're Part hearing of... from a fundamentalist and a fascist, what can you expect? Yeah, this, we are and the... worse than that, a Catholic. <laughs> that is wah, the worst wah, wah, thing wah. you could be. <laughs> you want to buy an true. indulgence? Yeah. Um, no, oh, I was going to say though, it's it's difficult with the school system now to like not have the fairy tale history, and it's because of the pressures of a lot of conservatives. No, I totally, I totally get that's, that's like it's it's probably wishful always. thinking. Yeah. But... It, Part, part of it is because, I mean, history is complicated and it's hard to teach it in a classroom no matter what. But even if you wanted to give honest, like, there's a lot of problems with the 1619 project, but they're, like, trying to do that. Mm -hmm. And trying to create these, like, curriculums for, like, high school that are like, hey, slavery was a thing. And, I mean, what? The fucking president started the 1776 oh. project in response. The fucking president. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's no, like the, the deck is stacked. Shit. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't blame the education system for its. I mean, I blame it for some of its shortcomings, but <laughs> like, I like a lot of. I feel like a lot of the content blame is yeah. much higher level than just like, oh, the education system is dumb, because it's like, well, what informs that system? And yeah. it's a bunch of lobbyists and and yeah. you know, not enough money or too much money in the wrong place and. And then also just like centuries of white nationalism and yeah, like and, that shit. And history, history buffs have like more of an influence on what gets taught in history classes, I think, than actual historians generally. Because like when you when you're taught to teach a history class in high school, you're not taught like let's get into the the Marxian analysis of of Pennsylvania. As it became well, a state or something like you're you're engaging with the the great man history easy to yeah. digest who was John Adams. So. Yeah, well, and that's like and that's the one of the things that is so difficult because like in a perfect world you would always be teaching history by looking at it through a couple different lenses instead of just yeah. saying this is history because you yeah. can't be objective. <clears throat> yeah, that sounds complicated. Exactly. It like it's <laughs> complicated and it sucks. Yeah, history but, sucks. Well, I can to say quote that, my man. boss, history is a waste of time. Oh dear. Yeah, yeah oh, you know no. that's a that's a such a fascist mentality. I'm gonna go ahead. You know, I told him about you today, Josiah, and he was not impressed. I would imagine not. Yeah. <laughs> not impressed at all. Uh, I, I find a way to, to piss off, I think, most of the American, like... Yeah, he, he did yeah. request that I try and talk you out of your major, so... Just yeah, well, well, um, I, on I, my I, boss's request, you are not going to make any money. Uh, okay. Oh I didn't God, expect myself okay. to either. Uh, High key, that is my favorite history. thing. Like when, Like, when somebody says, like... 
like with whatever you're majoring in, whatever your passion is about, like whether it's history or philosophy or art or music or even like sports or whatever. Yeah. Like whenever somebody's like, well, how are you going to make money though? Yeah. And it's like, you realize that there are some things in life that are more important than that. Like, you know, there will always be options to make money. We live in a capitalist society. Yeah. But I like, yeah, I like what I'm studying, so. <laughs> I don't like, know. I yeah, think you're I less just... of a person. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. 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 Yeah. I uh, like oh, fun fact, you might hear my cat just randomly screaming in the background. Oh, that's does fun. That, that is now. a fun fact. That is. I like yeah. that fact. Here, let, let's see if we can get him. Calzone, you want to be on a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Watch, he's not going to do it now. Uh, all these people I messaged about hopping on are not uh, not replying to me. What well, that's okay. You have the you have the only guest you need. That's right. right. That's right. right. I am I am bringing up the um, female to male ratio of your podcast. Yeah, every that, second we that is, here. It is a problem. We we're it's aware a of big that ass problem. Sausage party. <laughs> we are aware we are predominantly of just white men. Which is really funny, given what you talk about 90% of the time. That's true, that's true. Pop open a bottle of bubbly. Yeah. Here's to another goddamn new year. Outside, two million drunk Bostonians are getting ready to sing "Auld Lang Syne" out of tune. I, I, you know what? It didn't get many listens the last episode, but I loved it. So I thought it was fun. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I try to, I actually try to listen every Monday, like the day it comes out. Just because. How, like, how do you feel knowing that you listen to more of this podcast than I do? Yeah, that's unsurprised. Absolutely <laughs> unsurprised. Yeah. Um, mostly because Jared, I feel like that has been the standard for most things that you produce. Once you have finished it, it's dead to you. That, <laughs> it's gone. It no longer exists. No, that's such the opposite of how I am. I feel like it still defines me, no matter what I do. I was actually, uh, I was actually complimented in my performance review this year by my boss, who said. You know, like nobody can kill a project like you can. <laughs> and I, I was love, like, "Thank I love you." Applying that to VLVC, you... yeah. <laughs> as soon as VLC VC stops being profitable, I will. I I will be the one who who can just kill it Pulls and move on blood. without a yeah. second thought. It's I apply this to relationships. I, too. I really need to start fighting. No, that's that. very true. Okay. <laughs> I need a backup host. I think that's what I'm learning right I'll now. be glad to be backup host because I'm right, terrible at you. killing projects. Thank I you. Will, I will hang on to something that I think is fun and no one else likes long after it oh, should be I dead. Do, I will do that too. I, I think Sometimes I, I, I'll even kill projects that are going well just for fun. Yeah. <laughs> that's fucked up. Uh, <laughs> let's, I just like what? new things. So New is always better. That's not not true, like much. But I'm pretty uh, sure it is. New is always better. 
I don't know. I'm I have like I think a traditionalist impulse in me. I'm I'm still like a lefty progressive, but I like old stuff. I think that's just like my impulse built into me. Uh, I like that's that's, that's the Catholic stuff. Like I was looking at this uh, the the like big branch like uh, the evolutionary tree of religions, um, and I was just like, God, there's too many of them. I, like, <laughs> There should only be one holy Catholic church. <laughs> Good was, God, Joe, you can't just say was, that. You're really a theocrat, huh? No, it wasn't like in that sense, but it's more like I think I have an impulse, and I know this is probably not right-headed, but for me, like religion or something like that, there's, there's kind of like something right about it, but no, there, <laughs> fuck off. Uh, <laughs> and like, I'm the fascist. <laughs> there's something about like. Um, religion and oldness in my head, and so when I see something like Scientology, I'm like, that shit's fake because that was like 50 years old. old That's not old enough. And like, I was talking to some people about that, they're making fun of me, and I was like, I gotta, like, this is how bad this is in my head. Protestantism kind of feels fake to me, it feels too new. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay, so this, this I kind of understand. Uh-huh. Because one of so one of the things in my like faith journey bullshit or whatever, which like at this point, if I'm anything, I'm probably like a deist, but like right, I don't right. really think there's any active God. Like and and if there is, it doesn't matter. Like like he You should he, join whatever. me in the UU church. Oh god. See, that's um, that's probably the right move, actually. But there is something that I find incredibly powerful and attractive when yeah. it comes to um what's it called? Uh my brain wants to say like sacrament, but like I don't yeah. want I don't mean something that's specifically like Christian or Catholic, but like that those traditional spiritual practices like and that and that that reaches out into meditation that reaches out yeah, into like yeah. like understanding and having a relationship with solstices and right. equally psychedelics like, yeah. sure like, <laughs> but like yeah. those like like there's a reason why many if not good god my man can you not <laughs> but like there's a reason why, like, most, if not all, religions have some form of, like, habitual prayer, mm-hmm. whether yeah. it's, like, like or, like, ceremony. or Ceremony is a probably well, a better term for it. Yeah, or ri- ritual, I think. Is ri- yeah, or yeah. ritualistic whatever. And, and it's, I, like, I think that actually does tune into a very weird human thing where it's, like, I want to do the same thing over and over and over again until, like, I can do it without thinking so my brain can think about other things and, like, be open to the world and whatever. I think it conveys some, like, um, something deeper than theology or an ideology when you do a practice over and over. I think it is the most, like, base human way of communicating truth, and that's why religions have done it so long. Yeah, and but, like, if somebody down the street was like, hey, we need to do this thing every three days now, I'd be like, get fucked. Like, yeah, fuck like, off. You but can't also, tell me that's I think a I'd probably be thing. happier if I did it. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know, because, like, there's something about, like, if, if I read a bunch of Buddhist philosophy and then tomorrow I called myself a Buddhist... I don't think I would actually be a Buddhist. 
Like, I think that's yeah. not a fair thing. I think there's something about actual practice that, like, matters. Yeah, because you have and to put yourself into the position of of ch changing your physical life to match mm -hmm. your spiritual beliefs. Exactly. Whether that's and, and not eating meat or whatever, or that's, like, changing your position on some fundamental truth about the world or something. Yeah. Right. Well, and there's another element where there is just value to routine and having those yeah, kinds of yeah. cornerstones True. in your life. I think some it's could all call it like that. the power of habit. Fuck mm. off. <laughs> Fuck off you directly right now. <laughs> I hate that book so much. <laughs> what? And Phil failed with have rage. You failed to establish I, the right the right micro habits, Rose. I will I end you. <laughs> I don't like this. See, I don't like that because I, I agree with, with you, Jared, to a point, but I think when you divorce ritual from meaning, then I think it actually gets fucked up. I, I, I think well, just I, think I that... just just habit I don't think is good. I think it conveys an idea. I disagree. <laughs> I, I think that, that ritual is inherently no matter what it is meaningful yeah but if it doesn't have the meaning i think i think that does go away no no, no. I, like, I i think that it's i think ritual is inherently meaningful like if yeah, i if maybe. i start doing something every day mm -hmm. it will have meaning yeah but like i mean talk about like i think in like a religious context like people who grew up catholic but never learned mm -hmm anything about what it means to be like catholic usually we'll just end up making fun of the eucharist like once they leave like it, it isn't a meaningful <laughs> thing as like somebody who maybe learns the theology and they did that every sunday even if they leave the faith they have kind of this weird feeling about it because it conveyed right. something it had well, sure but but what i'm saying is the practice itself is meaningful mm -hmm. whether so, you know you, if you stop and leave and it's not meaningful to you then that's not quite what I'm talking about. I, I agree with both of you. Like, I understand what you're both saying. Partially because I was a terrible Catholic and partially because I also have, like... Like, I understand, Jared, what you're saying about, like, when you, when you have a routine in your life that you've chosen, devoid of any sort of spiritual or meditative or, or like, even cerebral purpose, mm -hmm. it's, like, it's something, like, you know, like, you hear people say... Every morning I get up and make myself coffee and I have a cup of coffee. Yeah. There is nothing spiritual about the coffee. Right. But, but it is meaningful. But it is meaningful. Sure. And yeah, when yeah. you are no longer allowed to do that, you lose something. And it's not just like, oh, I didn't have my caffeine. It's like, no, I lost that those moments or that time the, or that the thing that, that started my day. Like that that yeah. signified the beginnings. Yeah. And yeah, I, think, I can see that. I think that's what what Jared is saying is like yes. when we choose to create routines for ourselves internally, they become kind of a part of who we are. Exactly. And exactly. Josiah, that's what I'm saying. on your side, like I also get the whole idea of like you cannot believe in the spirituality of a ritual, but yeah. given that you've been a part of it, there will always be a little piece of you that's like this is an important thing though like i'm not gonna yeah. sit here and, and like like i'm not gonna like if i were to go to a catholic church and sit through the eucharist like i'm not gonna sit there and like like i'm not gonna not bow my head at the right time and some mm. of that is social pressure and the other part of that is this is a ritual i've lived through 
hundreds if not thousands of times and this is just what you do and it feels uncomfortable not to yeah yeah well it there's that and i i don't know yeah i guess i do believe i do believe the ritual ritual can lose meaning though i think is like going back to kind of where we're starting with this like Mm -hmm. it can lose meaning but i guess with the daily Mm -hmm. habit stuff i don't know I, i i'm going back and forth on this because i think i like ritual and habit are things I think a lot about. Um, well, and I think that it's fair to say that there's a difference between ritual and habit. Um, you know, yeah. get waking up and making coffee, I think could be either a ritual yeah. or a habit. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of it depends on, on how you you're at it. Like for me, getting up and making coffee is probably more of uh, probably more of a ritual since you know, there's like a process around it that I stick to every time. It's not about just making coffee. It's part of, you know, before I start work, I've got these steps that I go through and, you know, I'm not quite ready to start work, not necessarily until I've drunk the coffee, but until I've done those steps. Yeah, that Mm -hmm. makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I'll have to think on this. I I have like a bunch of conflicting thoughts, I guess. Well, like, so one of the things that like I'd kind of throw out there is during during this marvelous lockdown, um, when I was furloughed and I lost a lot of the structure that would have normally been in my life, I at a certain point I was like, okay, every single day I'm gonna go outside for a walk and I'm just gonna mm-hmm. like at least yeah, walk a mile. Yeah. And I didn't necessarily have like a time of day or like a specific moment or whatever. But the the difference in my mental health and at least just like my feeling of like settledness was so yeah. different so, from before I did that and after that like it wouldn't matter if I like so when I started working again I continued to say okay I have to go out for a walk today I have to walk today I have mm-hmm. like this is a thing that I need to do and I have structure back in my life. But I still miss the days like when I am so busy that I can't walk for a mile around noon. Mm-hmm. I get grumpy, like, and I get antsy and I get upset. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's another I, thing that straddles that line. I think that that's actually a, a really good tie in, especially to the theme of this episode, which is, you know, a retrospective on 2020. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Um, yeah. We need to, we need but, to, we got but way like, into one thing. <laughs> but, but, I'm uh, just making continue, sure you have content in case you can't get other people on. <laughs> which sounds like the case. To continue I, on I, that I, connection, Rose, I think that there's, there's a step beyond just structure um, to where you step into control. And yeah. by establishing, especially in context of COVID and the lockdowns, by establishing some sort of control in your day. So like for me, that comes, um, and this kind of, I think goes past the lockdown, but that comes in waking up early. Like if I can't wake up early, then I can't, then I, to myself, I don't have any control of my life. Mm. Um, and so there's that ritual, you know, like Mm -hmm. I wake up early and if I don't wake up early, then not only do I feel, do I, you know, not do all the things that I wanted to do in the morning, but I also feel feel immediately as though I failed that day, and that ruins yeah. the whole day. Yeah. And so it's... that's actually really interesting to me right now because you know that I am not a morning person. I never yes. have been 
I hate getting up before like <laughs> 9 a.m. Yeah. Like, but in the last few weeks, I have started to get up in the morning when I don't have to. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I still wish that I like I'm still tired and I don't want to be awake and I don't want to be conscious and I would just really much rather be passed out in bed until like 1030. But on the weekends when I have done that, I have felt that like I've just wasted so much time feeling even though it is something that I enjoy. And like so so like I think just just targeting on that idea specifically like that loss of control or that loss of like for me it's been almost more of a focus on productivity yeah. as yeah. opposed to because like you know i used to say well i'm not losing any time because this is what i would have wanted to spend my time on and then yeah. recently it's been more like i have shit that i need to get done and i haven't gotten it done yet because i've been asleep which is more right. fun but <laughs> yeah. not the kind of productivity that i need to have right now and right, I don't and I, know if that means I'm turning into an adult or <laughs> if I'm turning into a workaholic. <laughs> well, a bit of, is there a difference? You know, yes, yes I, there is. As a product of two workaholics, there is absolutely a difference. Right. I don't know, but I, I think that there's, yeah, there, there's another dimension where I think that there is just, there is just value in doing hard and uncomfortable things. And sometimes waking so. up in the morning is a hard and uncomfortable thing. I mean, and that's, you know, increasingly as, as COVID has progressed, that's been like my saving grace of, mm. you know, to stay sane, at least I can still do hard and uncomfortable things. Um, yeah. And yeah. I can keep doing them and I can do them more than anyone else. And <clears throat> that kind of drives me through this. Yeah. That is also super um, potentially unhealthy, though. Oh, sure. Which I'm, but, I know that you know. Yeah. You know, it, it is and it isn't. It depends on what you want, right? Like, I'm not, right now in life, I'm okay with my whole existence being largely competitive. Um, <clears throat> and that fits really well with what I do. And it's been a clear advantage in work and in life for me in a lot of ways. Um, in a lot of other ways, it certainly hasn't. But mm-hmm. in the ways that matter most to me right now, which is largely career success and personal development, you know, it's yeah. worked well. And so, Frank, like I'm, a, and that's something I've grappled with a lot this year, but I'm okay with being, um, you know, a workaholic and obsessive in the things that I do because, I mean, the way I see it, like only people who, who are that way achieve great success in their fields and that's what i want to do i think as long as you've thought about it and you are actively choosing and you're also being realistic in the way that at some point you may actively choose not to be that way that's fine yeah i mean as long as you're going to confession i mean whatever (laughs) oh jesus christ (laughs) (laughs) yeah i am not doing that Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love this because I don't, I barely, like, I'm not even really Catholic, but I'm just doubling down <laughs> at this point. 
at this point, you're too far in to back out. You just, oh, I, you I, I am moving that direction. I am moving that direction, but like to be clear, I'm not like attending mass or doing anything very Catholic. So I just kind of, I just like scolding people. I think that's really <laughs> it. <laughs> you would not get along with the Catholics, I guess. Then. <laughs> oh no, Catholics love scolding. There's oh, nothing well, yeah, better than all been... school. Everything is Catholic guilt. Doesn't matter yeah. if you've done or not done the thing that you need to do. Feel guilty about it. Feel guilty. And that's true. You've either done it and not well enough, or you haven't done it at all. And how dare you? Honestly. Well, maybe I'd be a good Catholic, too. I think you'd be a good Catholic. <laughs> I'm full of guilt. I know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the, 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 the reality of work is that work is fun. No. No. <laughs> well, but like this is this is legitimately something that I've thought a lot about, and and like just to kind of zero in on this a little bit here. Mm-hmm. Um, so Las Vegas has, if not the highest, one of the highest unemployment rates in the U.S. right now. Oh shit! Because our entire economy is built on tourism that cannot happen because of the pandemic Mm, Um, and recently our state unemployment benefits have completely run out like the state has no more money in the budget for unemployment Um, that's not good and it like and i've been extremely fortunate through the you know, so this is not something that I personally am facing. And, and mm-hmm. you know, the, those that I love in Vegas and in this city are, are fine and, and we're all kind of doing okay. So, you yeah, know, this okay. isn't something that specifically touched me, but it's, it is a, it's something that is kind of present as a thread of, okay, you have like thousands of people who want nothing more than to work mm-hmm. just to just to hit the bare minimum yeah yeah and this is a like like our our entire city our entire metropolitan area mm-hmm. has no options for them right yeah. now yeah because right. if you're going to choose mass health you have to shut things down or you have to change things or you have to not employ these people because they are hospitality workers and they're meant to serve tourists who show up from all over the place. So Mm -hmm. you either employ them and kill them and potentially kill the industries that they're employed in because there's not going to be enough, like there's not just, there's just not going to be enough business to go around to actually you know, fill that void. Right. Or you don't employ them and you keep them healthy, but they die because they are getting evicted or they don't have enough money for food or, you know, they, they lose their housing. They lose their, you know, family stability. They're put backwards, you know, five, 10 years from where they were because Mm -hmm. they're like the sad truth about the U S is there is no net. And we've mm-hmm. always been told, well, you just need to work hard. You just need to work hard. You just need to work hard. Like work yeah. is the key. Right. But when your entire system is built on the idea that there will always be work and there will always be enough work for everyone. 
Yeah. Yeah. It only That's works if you can get work and you can yeah. get work that will advance you if you work hard at it. Yeah. Yeah, which like, is that's not the, the other thing. Is like, have. like, I mean, yeah, like we have a bunch of people in the city where their chosen profession, the thing that they are the best at, mm-hmm. is hospitality based. You can't flip them into okay. Well, how about you take a six week course and you become a vet tech or something? Right. Like, like join these, a coding these are boot not, camp. Yeah, like that. That Just is learn not coding. feasible. Because these are people <laughs> whose chosen profession, which is important, you yeah, know, yeah. entertainment is important. Yeah. Right yeah, now, is... like by the situation is forcibly shut down. And even even if there were no legal ramifications for being open, pe- like there there is still a huge hit to this market. And you can't just yeah. tell them all, well, you should go, you know, <laughs> you should go flip burgers for minimum wage, which, by the way, you can't live on. Yeah, right. Which is the other half of it is okay. So this work oh. is worth is is important but, enough to be able to live on, but this other work isn't for some but, unknown reason. But don't, don't mm-hmm. worry, Nancy Pelosi is sending them six hundred dollars. So oh yeah, it's, yeah. it's all going to work out. Plenty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, that's it's so insane. <laughs> it's I so insane. it's it's morally I'm, reprehensible. I'm in shock. <laughs> I'm truly it's, in shock. It's, it, is, like, it is morally reprehensible and and not just like it's morally reprehensible on everyone involved. And that's like I think what's frustrating is I do have liberals on my feed who are like, shame on you, the GOP. But but it's like it's not just the GOP. Like I, I watching Nancy Pelosi say six hundred dollars is gonna be great. Like oh yeah, it's it's shame on this fucking system. Like not well, yeah. shame on the. I mean yes, I mean the GOP is bad, but it's not shame on the GOP. It's shame on that we've created a fucking system that works this way. Well, it's right. It's, well, on the bright opinion, side, on ahead. the bright side, Trump is just going to block the whole thing, so it doesn't really matter. Oh, fuck yeah, great, good. <laughs> like yeah. fuck, God. Yeah. So like, so <laughs> one of the things that that I've talked. So my my um my father is a rather conservative person, mm-hmm. um and like we've had a couple very like surface level discussions about like COVID and the shutdowns and everything, um and like one of the things that like he'd always tout was like well you know if you shut down the economy then people are going to die because they can't have enough money to live on or they're going to commit suicide or whatever or or like small businesses are going to lose their businesses and so you can't Mm -hmm. shut down the economy and and i understand that like i understand that move and like one of the things that i've been given that i am in a position where i am working full-time and mm-hmm. like I ha- like I can survive and I'm good. Like one of the things I've been trying to be conscious of is when can I patron a local business? Like right. you know, instead of instead of going to Starbucks, like there are some wonderful coffee shops in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. And yeah. when I have the time, I'm like, I want to go there. Yeah. Um and, and so it's stuff like that where it's like that's the little thing that I can do. But when you don't acknowledge that you know, when you don't acknowledge that sometimes the shutdown has nothing to do with a legal mandate, it's just going to happen anyway. Yeah. The business is going to dry up. Yeah, You're literally saying, well, you should go out and risk your health to not make enough money to either, you know, do some, to, to lose your business anyway. 
And it's like, hey, Mm -hmm. I'd rather save people's health. And the businesses. Yeah. Then, you know, like, and and it's it's just like, obviously, there are no wins in this scenario. Right. But it's a fundamental misunderstanding of like, there is not always going to be business. Yeah. Well, and and I think if you had some sort of safety net, that would be fine. Like, we we would be Mm -hmm. able to manage this in some way. But that's. I don't know. It's we live in a, a country where some, there is an word. there is enough wealth that if it was managed correctly, yeah, we all would be going through this a hundred percent better than yeah. we are now. Like like we have the resources. Whether you like, and it, it's down to a thing of like, okay, if you don't want to just give everybody money, then you reorganize, you know, supply lines. You you figure out how, like some way to negotiate rent and and landowners and yeah, yeah. and mm-hmm. housing and healthcare. Like like even you make it a priority like, and you make it work. Exactly. Yeah. Like we have the resources, we have the brains, we have all the pieces. But because we we're built on this idea of if you don't work for it, you don't deserve it. And if you don't do work that I think is deserving of living yeah. a basic independent lifestyle, then why should we give you anything? Doesn't there, matter there, what happens to you. There's an, there's an element of this that's kind of self-imposed, though, because like. I feel like if I had the the phrase that I've been thinking about the most this year in relation to COVID, it's been Protestant work ethic. Um, and like, what what I mean by that is like, people see this inherent goodness in work, which I don't think is, Mm -hmm. which is, isn't bad. Cause I think, I think humans naturally work. I think if you give us laziness, they still will work, but something about the Protestant work ethic is specifically like, that's, that's how you earn your right as a citizen is through working. And it's, it's so self-infused that I remember at the beginning of the beginning of COVID, like when I first moved back in with my parents because of quarantine stuff and my dad, my conservative dad and I were having a lot of political conversations before BLM broke out. And then it got way worse after that, but yeah, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because I was living with them, but driving down and protesting. So. Oh, good for you. <laughs> yeah, that was a weird time anyway. Uh, but one of the big things like we were talking about is there was all those protests like you know open everything back up protests like the right wing yeah and assuming those weren't astroturfed because i do secretly kind of believe they were maybe astroturfed but i i don't have proof wouldn't to shock say that. me yeah but like, assuming they're not astroturfed we just take seriously the idea that a bunch of people um are going and protesting because of the covid that they want to go back to work i i think that's really bizarre because i think that is how much the Protestant work ethic and capitalism or whatever has so gotten so deep in the brain of where we're at now. Like, like we are just neoliberal agents that that was a bread riot, but we don't know how to the, have the vocabulary to have a bread riot anymore. Yeah. Because well, cause they, that's, that's yeah, commie they, bullshit. Yeah. Cause they're, they're not going out into the streets and demanding what has been historically bread riots are, have happened since Rome. Right. Uh, there's always mm-hmm. been bread riots. I'm starving. I don't have any money. Fuck you. Give me bread. 
Yeah, like and, I deserve to live because but, I am a human being with inherent value. But no and that's longer, the breakdown. No, no longer do people perceive themselves that way. They don't believe I'm a human being, therefore give me bread. They believe I'm a human being, therefore give me work so I can. Yeah, buy work bread. me to death, please. <laughs> like I, I deserve so fucked up. to allow McDonald's to abuse me. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and and because I can't be given the bread, I need to work for it. And I, I need to earn it. And, like that, and that's I do, the like, and process. I understand that that because because the idea of a handout has been so demonized by American yeah, culture. Yeah. It is better to starve than to be the lazy son of a bitch that needs a handout. Yeah, like that's the whole reason why all of our social safety net, you know, the very thin social safety net that we have in this country is constantly under attack. Because it's yeah. a moral issue to some people. But I, yeah. so I'm, I'm going to come from the other side of this because I, I think I probably land more on the other side of this. Cause I, there, I think that there is a, a valid argument for, I want work and not bread, you know, yeah. work, work supplies more than just money. And, <clears throat> and for a lot of people, a lot of, you know, a lot of jobs are, are pretty shitty, but for a lot of people, like, work is kind of where you get your meaning. That is your, <clears throat> oh, yeah, that, that is where you can see the direct impact of what you've done. I mean, work yeah. is important. There's, you know, to, <clears throat> to quote my, my, uh, you know, my a- Asian finance guy boss, you know, there, <laughs> there is some honor in work and the way that it might be structured now, less than ideal. But, you know, yeah. if, if I'm given the option of work for your food or just get a bunch of food, I would frankly rather work for my food. So you know, I, I want to contribute. I think I think that's a very valid point. And I'm glad that you said that because I know that we were going kind of very commie. Um, right. I, I gotta, I gotta my, put a healthy I, dose I, of capitalism I, in every I, now and again. Like, I still and, and, I, and I under, <laughs> and I understand sure. that because here, here's another piece of like my COVID story anyway, that I can throw in here that I think speaks to that. I was very lucky that I was in a position where I had some emergency funds mm-hmm. and I didn't immediately need to start working yeah. um, to be okay and and I'm very very and that's completely a part of my own um, privilege and my own background and so like I don't take any um, I I don't I don't that's not me saying oh ho, ho, I was prepared that was I got super lucky yeah. um, and so I was not in that position of like well I either need a handout or I'm gonna starve or I need to work or I'm gonna starve. I was Mm -hmm. in that position of like, I can be okay for a little while and see how this all plays out before I really get into a tough spot. And my life fell apart for a couple months, even though there was nothing quote unquote wrong. I still had a house. I still had food. I still had my relationships. I mean, my family life was kind of screwed up because of some stuff happening, but like, I still had family. I still had like friends and things not here, but just like my network. And without that routine and without that driving force of work or something to be productive on, mm-hmm. I yeah. went into a tailspin. Well, and I think that does speak to the inherent value of work. But what I will yeah. throw out there 
is the work that I found myself doing was something that I felt fulfillment in. Yes. And that's the kind yes. of work yes, that yes, yes. I want. Oh, that's that, really that's the kind of work that I want for people. There is a difference between saying, you know, give me any work so that I can feel any kind of meaning and give me work that values my skill sets and serves the community in the best way that I can. Because I've been in jobs that I'm not suited for. Throwing back to earlier in this discussion, when my previous job at the company that I currently work for was making me miserable. I was not yeah. a good worker because yeah. I was not suited to that job. I am so much better suited to the position I have now. And I lucked my way into it. Yeah, sure. And I think yeah. that's an important through line of both of these conversations is like people need to be valued for what they can contribute, not what they can't. And yeah, we work in it. We live in a system where some skill sets are extremely undervalued. And I don't think that's fair. I think that's true. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you're right. I, I, I do believe in like the, the, there, there's a meaning in work because I don't believe the end goal of society is one day we get like robots taking care of everything. Right. We, we just can sit and eat grapes all day. I, I, like, right. Like, I, I would take eating grapes four days out of the week though. Like don't get me wrong. <laughs> right, right, right. Four right. The, the four hour like, work week. Yeah, Hell yeah. It, it's it's not just that it's that, but I, I do believe like the COVID thing represented something weird to me because what, what a lot of those people back to work people were demanding when you got down to the root of what they were demanding was, well, if people don't work, then they're not going to be able to have food. And so that that's why I, I go to associating that with the bread riot. But I do believe, yeah, people naturally crave stuff to do. But I really I, think and, and very I, few well, not people just stuff to are... do, but purpose. Purpose, yeah, like, yeah, I, like, meaningful I think, stuff to do, I should say. Not, not I just... think I think there are many people on the planet who have a deep sense of ennui or 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 a sense of not being fulfilled because they've never had to work or they've never yeah. had to self-actualize. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of that happens. In, and I'm talking mostly for like, you know, the, the trust fund babies or whatever, where, yeah. you know, the people oh, who, who right. like fall upward into success without really having to try because of legacy points and everything. And I think a lot of that situation comes from, well, I've never been tested, so I don't know what I can do. So I don't know who yeah, I am yeah. or well, I don't have it, a, an identity. And, and it, this, this ties back to the earlier conversation. There's value in hardship. You know, there's value mm -hmm. in in a level of suffering in your life yeah and if if you live totally without that then you have no appreciation of you know of, of a, you have a no life concept. without it and you have nothing to work towards and no purpose yeah. i mean it all comes back i i feel to purpose and even that um to mm -hmm. to tie things back even further to yeah, our ritual to conversation yeah no. <laughs> <laughs> to the ritual conversation because rituals you know, they bring purpose yeah. to a day and, and they can they can have meaning created. And that's, you know, some sort of meaning and ritual and purpose is kind of all we crave at the end of the day. You know, yeah. it, that's really what drives everything. But when we when we have kind of a society in a situation now where, you know, work and purpose are largely divorced where you know if you work at mcdonald's then you really don't have purpose like if you're yeah. at walmart you know 
if you hate what they're doing and you're not a part, you know, an actual part of the team and you can't see your contribution to the success, then your work is largely devoid of purpose. And then it's not that kind of work. Well, And and this is one of the things that, well, Josiah, go ahead. Okay. Yeah. I mean, the one thing is I I slightly disagree with you, but I I agree with you at the same time. I think, I think work, uh, work and purpose are, linked in our society i don't think they're divorced i think though, well like no first... hear, me, hear, oh, hear me out though like i'll defend this because i know that doesn't sound quite right but what, what i think it is is i think mentally we we associate work and purpose together pretty strongly because you you ask somebody what they do for a living they'll they'll you know they'll answer what they work for you know like work mm-hmm. is purpose but yes. as a society we're not producing work that provides purpose so right that's kind of what i'm saying yeah okay so so it's a similar thought but it's different because it's it's we do actually like produce purpose from work and then we go to our work and our work is like uh pretend you're busy for eight hours well but i would argue (laughs) that that's not purpose well right but what i'm saying is we're still we're looking for the purpose there in the first place as like there are societies you don't even look for the purpose in work at all um, but we do look for purpose in our work and then our work doesn't give a shit about that. Generally, not everybody's work, but like, you know, my, as a Walmart employee, my, my job doesn't give a shit about providing me purpose. Sure. You know, sure. Like, so yeah. here's what I'll throw out on this sort of idea from what I've seen. Yeah. There are two ways to fix this problem. Either you divorce the idea of purpose from work Mm -hmm. and you say, okay, you need to find a job that's going to sustain you. And then you need to find a purpose in your life. And if those two things interlock, fantastic. If you decide to be a doctor because you want to help people and also you'll be able to, you know, make all of your bills and survive. Fabulous. Yeah. But you are also allowed to say, okay, I'm going to get a full-time job you know, doing, I don't know, data entry. And yep. I don't hate it. I don't love it. It's just a job. I'm not going to stay past five. I'm going to take all my breaks as I'm allowed and I'll do it as good as I can. But what I actually find purpose in is my writing or I volunteer or I rescue animals or I paint or I play sports or I coach mm-hmm. little league or whatever. And that is fine. I think the problem happens when we as a culture have not separated those two concepts. Your work should be your purpose. And it doesn't take into account unskilled labor being something that needs to happen and needs to be, it needs to be done. I would say at a very high level, you know, the better that our unskilled labor is that that only goes up. Right. You know, like if if, yeah. if we're working on that bottom layer and saying, okay, this is something that anyone can do, but we want to make sure that we're not, you know, like like that that it's the work achieved at its best potential, then if you're working forty hours a week, which is what you know the first world says is a full time job, you should be able to sustain yourself. Yeah. And that's my issue because when when that doesn't happen, when you are working a full time job and you cannot live because you need to work fifty hours or sixty hours or seventy hours to break even, and that's not living, that's surviving. Yeah. 
That's really good. <laughs> yeah. I, I, Sorry, I've had a lot out. of thoughts about this. <laughs> no, I, See, I and and this I is too. I think yeah, a lot of yeah. us have been thinking about work. I think that's a thing we yeah. uh, a lot of people have been thinking about because of COVID. Like, I don't know. Once COVID got deep enough, I I started like. That's why I was like, we, we've been kind of circling without straight up saying a lot of the stuff I'm saying is coming from um, bullshit jobs by David Graeber. And I, I feel like without saying it, we're kind of circling a lot of the ideas of that book. Yeah. And I, I, yeah, I will, I, I, I will say though, and I understanding that this is entirely a personality thing on my end. I think <laughs> I, I could, I cannot relate to that at all. Yeah. I can I cannot have a life where my full time job is separated of my purpose. Well, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I, like, I, don't I, get yeah. me wrong. Like, you. So, Jared, you as a person, <laughs> you have at least for as long as I have known you, you desire to create good things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is part of like, and, and, and in my perfect world system, which doesn't exist, you would succeed. It, like you would probably be doing a job similar or in a similar vein to what you're doing now, because it is giving you the maximum ability to fulfill yeah. your purpose and your drive and self-actualize. But there are also people where the stuff that that makes them self-actualized has nothing to do with their day job. Uh, let's sure. let's call this hypothetical person Josiah, for instance. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, so so here's here's a maybe a, a, a more tactile example. Mm-hmm. Um, at my last job when I was still living in Illinois, mm-hmm. I worked for a company that did that w- was essentially like a big company that did call center support for several different brands. I met a fantastic human being there who kind of mentored me and I kind of, he was on the, on the leadership team. And as I stepped into the leadership team on one of the sections of that business, he kind of became a mentor and we became friends and it was really good. And so we had a couple conversations about work and life and everything. Mm -hmm. And so we would talk about that kind of stuff because I was in the stage of my life of, oh God, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. I've just graduated. I, I have yeah, a creative yeah. writing degree. What? How am I going to survive? Do I even want to be in this state anymore? Lol, no. Um, <laughs> you know, and so I was going through all those decisions and he was very upfront with me. He like He's about 10 years older than us. So kind of that in-between yeah, yeah. generation. And he was like, hey, I, so this is my job. I don't love my job. I'm good at it. It it pays my bills. I, you know, I understand the system. I like the people I work with. But, you know, this isn't my passion. My passion yeah. is playing D&D and raising my daughter and writing my books and my stories that will probably never be published. But if this is the work yeah. I have to do to make sure that my family is okay and that my daughter can grow up in a in a supportive and loving household and I can be the best dad I can, and then I also get to play D&D and write and do my creative outlets, Yeah, great, perfect. Because he's like, you know what? At the end of the day, no one in this country will pay me to raise my daughter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I mean, this is, uh, it's not quite the same, but it's similar. This is the thought process I was having about this time last year. And then I, I think it's evolved since, but, um, the, the, there was a summer between, you know, there was a summer between, between semesters and I, I lived with, um, uh, probably future guest, I assume, <laughs> uh, my buddy Kip, I, I, we're going to get him on at some point, my buddy Kip, but I was living with him and it was very nice of him and his wife to let me live with him. Um, but he's a he's a photographer. But he, him and I were working at the same coffee shop at the time. Um, but he was also just like a photographer in his free time. And actually, I think his photography was more interesting than a lot of people in Des Moines, only because uh, he he was you know working something else, and so he wasn't using photography as a source of income. It was just street photography. Like that's what he was mm -hmm. doing. He was taking picture of pictures of people on the street mm -hmm. and frankly like that i'm more interested in that than you know cool looking photography that people use for advertising right um it, you know he had a lot of thought into like what film was and what photography was and and what it represented and i think it was only possible to do that because it wasn't his job mm -hmm. and i was doing stand-up comedy at the time um and so when fall semester came back around, I remember having this deep sense that I didn't really care where I ended up working because I had done the thing like we're talking about here where I, I had fully separated work from, from, um, well, meaning. and, and that yeah. also gives you the ability to take risks with your passion sure, because it's not going to affect the roof of your head and the food you eat. Yeah, and right. especially and, if you're and, in an artistic field, that freedom to take risk and not be bent to mm -hmm. conventional, yeah, you know, aesthetics, mm -hmm. I think is huge to the advancement of some of those fields. Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, and, directly related. I don't shoot uh, photography professionally anymore for that exact reason. Um, yeah, because doing paid photography work is the worst thing in the world. <laughs> Soul sucking. Yeah. <laughs> I despise it so much. And, you know, <clears throat> I, I also landed myself in a career where all of my hobbies were also my job. <clears throat> yeah. And uh, part of that was rough. Like, yeah. all in all, a good thing. Don't get me wrong. Um, but there had to be one holdout. <laughs> and so yeah. photography was that for me. Yeah. Um, th that fall was when I kind of separated that because my big passion at the time was, was like, kind of stand up. I wouldn't say it was even a deep passion. It was just a thing I liked doing. And I was very firm about that. And that was kind of a weird thing because a lot of people saw it as a as a career future. Which is were, weird. Yeah. And well and they knew <laughs> they they knew they were throwing their life away, if that makes sense. They they were like, yeah. I'm I'm taking this risk and eventually I'm gonna move to New York and do comedy. And so I, I felt like kind of the weird one because I was like no, I'm a college kid that likes standing on a stage and I like challenging myself and that's why I'm here and I'll stop doing it when the time comes. Um, sure. Yeah. Well, and but, I, I would say that this conversation is speaking to a to a more important concept, which is the yeah. value of shitty art. <laughs> like you well, should That's what this you shouldn't podcast is. Yeah. You, you shouldn't Do you know where you are? To... <laughs> but like... Th that is one of these things of like if you if your passion is doing x artistic thing and you know you will never be good enough to make money at it then you need to find a job that isn't going to so mm -hmm. control your life that you have no time for that passion like yeah. and i connect a lot of this so when i was in um like grade school into high school i did ballet 
Um, yeah. I did it for eight years. It was absolutely my life. I was taking like three or four classes a week um, when I was like at the height of it. Um, and it was getting to the point where like I, we were hitting like 15, 16, 17 years old. And there were the girls in the class who were going to like start auditioning and trying to get into ballet companies. And like they were doing like eight, nine, 10 hours of ballet every week. And it was my hobby. I loved doing it. Mm -hmm. But I became so tortured by the fact that I was not good enough, that mm -hmm. I wasn't going to go to college for ballet. I wasn't going to audition. I was never going to perform. I was yeah. never going to be in Swan Lake. I was never going to be a prima. I just, I, my body wasn't suited just, for it. But you just and liked it, doing it. And I, but I just loved doing it. And yeah, so yes. for the last year of my experience, I hated it and I hated myself and it had nothing uh, to do yeah. with like body expectations or mm -hmm. like, like all the stuff that people talk about, like specifically with like dance as an art form. Cause it had yeah. nothing to do with that. I was never like, Oh God, I'm not skinny enough or whatever. It was just like, I'm not at a level I can't, I can't match up to the level of where everyone else is because this is where you should be at this point in your career. Yeah. Right. Because I didn't want a career. I wanted a hobby that I loved. Yeah. And so I quit. Yeah. And I've never gone back. And it was because there was never an option for, okay, you're a 16-year-old who's done eight years of dance, but you don't want to go try out for Juilliard. You just <laughs> want to have a hobby. That window yeah. didn't exist. And I think that's a symptom of the American expectation of your work should be your passion. And for so some people it that's, absolutely that's is, really but for others yeah. it doesn't have to be and it shouldn't have to be because it can ruin a good thing. I, yeah. I, I that, that's really well said. I 100% I really agree. Like that. Yeah. One thing that <clears throat> that I think is interesting coming from that. So I've been I've been, you know, immersed in in leftist circles recently. <laughs> and have you? Uh, I have. I have. Uh, yeah, willingly or unwillingly. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I did mean, this to you. <laughs> you did do this to me. But one one thing I've noticed is that I, I don't find much space for my personality type in leftist circles. Uh -huh. um, and that is like the kind of A-type, extremely competitive. You're a workaholic. Of, you I, can't I, not I, be I prefer a high achiever. Sure, <laughs> those, those two can marry. That's fine. Yeah, but but you you are you are never more unhappy than when you're not creating something, whether that's like just purely work based, but like creating something better than what other people are creating. Yeah, is a you, very specific. You're the kind of motherfucker <laughs> that runs marathons there. on a whim. Okay, we understand <laughs> who you are. <laughs> right, right. No, like everything needs to be done to an extreme. I understand that, but. Yeah, I don't know. That's that's one thing that I've struggled with this area because I ideologically agree with, you know, a lot of it up to up to a point, right? You know, that democratic socialist point. Um, but personality-wise, I just do not fit in with a lot of these circles, and that's that's kind of what I'm I'm coming to. And a lot of the people that I do fit in with tend to be like personality-wise, tend to be more liber libertarian or right-leaning, which has been yeah. an interesting adventure. So like at this point in life, a lot of my close friends are extremely conservative. 
Um, and a lot of my close friends are extremely leftist. And yeah. it leaves me in a very weird in between. It does, yeah. It does put you in a very strange position, because right. like I think I think one of the things that because I understand where you're coming from, and my kind of response to it would be <clears throat> there is a difference between your preferred lifestyle individually and what's best for society as a whole. Yeah, because well, like <laughs> I and I think and I think it's like what you're expressing. And, and I know that I kind of ribbed you earlier about like, you can't not be productive and you have to be high achieving and you have to do it better than anyone else. We need That's people true. like you. Like we require highly oh, motivated and I, people. And I don't mean this on a, as a knock on myself by any means. Um, I think I'm great. <laughs> yeah, no, I, don't get me wrong. I know that you also know that we need you. But... <laughs> I mean, this is, but... this is the, the crisis of STEM people never being STEM folks never being uh, never being left either. Yeah, I, I think and... you can't run a leftist utopia without STEM. And yet, right. <laughs> Sorry, I, mean, Brad, like, I think what, I interrupted I, you, Rose. Go ahead. What? Sorry. Yeah. What I would say is like the the difficult thing is that like Jared, people like you, it's really hard for you not to be successful. Because yeah. you won't let yourself not be. Mm-hmm. And also that success is matched up really well with what the societal expectation of success is. Yeah. What I would say that I think Josiah and I are kind of vying for here is like, let can we, can we not open up that definition of success and say, you know what, there are people who are not, you know, habitual overachievers like Jared. And there should be lifestyles and choices and options for them where they still give that, you know, they still contribute and they still have purpose and they still operate in a working world. Oh, no, there absolutely is. And so this is so this is where it gets weird because, you know, that that personality type is a must. And that is specifically the personality type that that I look for in my about third tier employees. <laughs> Fuck you! <laughs> God damn it! There's less competition in the field. <laughs> God damn it, man! But you, you know, I don't want a million people like me working for me. Yeah, I want people who will function well as a team. Yeah, exactly. You, you, and this, so there, and this there is, certainly okay, this is a is, place. This has always been yeah, my argument. Yeah, that place is at the bottom. This is bottom. This is this has always been my argument about um, Eureka College's leadership minor. <laughs> you can't like like it's okay not to want to be a leader if all we oh, have yeah. in the world are leaders. Nobody is going followers. to do anything. We need <laughs> followers. And, and I need followers. Is, yeah, you need followers. You need people <laughs> who will just do what you tell them to. And mm-hmm. every every single business on this in this in the world needs people who are just going to show up and do their best and fulfill their job. And I would say that that Josiah and I are on the side going, okay, then the baseline should be you can survive. Being a yeah. follower, you shouldn't be yes. destitute. Yeah. Oh, and I a hundred being a follower, a hundred percent. And, like, and yeah. that's like that's the problem for me is like 
you know, nobody making minimum, like minimum wage is minimum for a reason. It should be right. the minimum to live. That's how it was no, established. No and it's not been whatsoever. Okay, cool. And it's just like, you know, okay. I and like, pay my employees t- like I, well. <laughs> well, but, but it's like, <laughs> that's just like, I, I think that's the core here of like, Jared, you are never going to be one of those people. That's totally fine. You are always going to be somebody who who strives more or strives beyond or tries harder, even when you maybe don't really need to, but you do it anyway because that's who you are. But we can't penalize people that don't have that same drive because they are integral to the functioning of society. Because if if all of those people suddenly got a work ethic like you, we would be in shambles. It would be exhausting, sure. Yeah. And in a way, that's kind of what we're trying to do with a capitalist economy. Yeah. And and that's that's what it is. Capitalism only values Jared's. And like, not that Jared's shouldn't be valued, but we need to open up that pool. And we, then, and like, that's my whole like, you know, well, yes, getting into the yes religious no. thing, like the gospel of the dignity of work. If you are working, yeah. you should have some dignity. I don't care if you're digging I, ditches or flipping burgers or whatever. You have dignity. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I disagree with the idea that. That there, you know, I, I agree that it is not rewarded to the level that somebody that's constantly pushing is, but it's well understood that that capitalism needs people who will work, yeah, yeah, and work yeah. well in a team as part of an organization and and be a follower. And in fact, there is, you know, there's a growing trend in companies to have separate career paths that are not that don't lead through management, yeah. but are not leadership lead skill sets. Exactly. Yeah. That aren't leadership track. Like there's a growing trend there as well. Um, so I, I don't, I don't totally agree with the idea um, that only a type personalities are rewarded, but I do agree that they're disproportionately awarded. Yeah. I think that's all that we're saying. I don't like, I, okay. I think like, yeah, like, of course, if you are a really good plumber, you are going to survive like, you know, like trades and that kind of thing where it's like, okay, I'm not like managing a 30 person team or whatever, but like, I'm a damn good electrician. Hell yeah. My brother, like, you know, you'll be uh... okay. You're not destitute. And I don't think any, but like, I, I think we just need to kind of open up that idea of like unskilled labor does not mean you should be in poverty. Right. Because even and unskilled labor needs to happen. It is vital. Yes. And we are all in agreement. We are all in a hundred percent agreement there. Okay. Me. Everybody who, you know, everybody who, um, you know, is working should be able to earn a living wage. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I mean I think if they're not working they should deserve a living wage but yeah 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 well I well, mean we'll I'm, like yeah like like in a perfect world universal basic income and people actually get to do what they're good at and it's no fine, I I, but, actually, like, I actually is... do support a universal basic income I think pill? that's yeah that's a good thing. yeah yeah I I, I do support that. I, yeah, I, I support that, but I also support like unions and those unions kind of running everything. That's that, and that's I think. Where yeah, we disagree. Yeah, so that <laughs> I just don't want to be a so. wage slave. <laughs> um, <laughs> we should probably wrap up this discussion. I don't. I don't know. I feel like we're still on track. 
<laughs> okay, like high key though. I feel great. like we've this done a, a great a, job with this. The, one. the only the <laughs> only problem is so this has been a great conversation. And during that conversation, at least two of the people I messaged to come on the show did reply. So, <laughs> <laughs> you could maybe so, just tell them to go fuck themselves. Yeah, I, could I guess that. at this point. <laughs> my, my thought is maybe uh, maybe we bring them on as the end segments. I like it. I like it. Yeah, see, so that's uh, can have a whole party. Yeah, I I do actually need to jump onto my um, next engagement. That's so, awesome. thank, you, thank you so much it, for joining us, Ray. This is this has been an awesome conversation. Me. Yeah, no, this, <laughs> this is, this is very good. good. I, 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 Emily Rose was like, "You guys got to get Rose back on." Can, and, can and I'm we, glad we okay. got an excuse to get you back on. Can <laughs> we have a Rose and Emily Rose episode? Oh uh, yes, <laughs> like, I, I, would I think she would that. love that. Yeah, I think all she would the love roses. It. We can we can fix the entire gender imbalance in one episode. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Um. But yeah, no, I, guys, I always like, I, I love coming on. I love having conversations with you guys. I always wind up yeah. cracking up. Um, they're always good epi- good conversations. Yeah. We are and they're not always good episodes, though. <laughs> <laughs> rarely. Actually, rarely are they good episodes, but often are they good conversations. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm really glad that I was able to kind of hop on. I probably shouldn't have, and I'll be working late tonight, but... Um, but it's worth it. I'm yeah, glad you came on. Yeah, it's this is my little Christmas gift to myself. Oh, that's well, good. Merry Christmas, Rose. Merry Christmas, guys. And I cannot wait to listen to more very legal, very cool in the oh. new year. And that is the first and only time we'll hear that. Yup, just for you guys. <laughs> just for Thanks, you. Rose. All right. Bye. See you. Bye. Now we're, we're doing the end segments, and today, so so we got the got content Rose. doesn't matter. Just jump in where we're at. Just jump sorry, in. yeah. So we, we got. We'll find out when you listen later. <laughs> <laughs> so we just had a pretty good conversation with Rose from the absinthe episode, and now we are. So we joined... decided. To, we decided to bring in two totally different and completely unrelated guests for the end so segment. We, we've got uh, we've got Nate again. <laughs> Nate is now the the most frequent guest on the show. So good yeah. job. Yep, Nate, Nate Teeson from The Gods Not Dead 2 episode and the most recent episode before this. Then we got and Ross. Early mention the, early from, on. Yep. Ross Let's from go. the Mr. Hands episode. <laughs> yep, can you can you still hear me? My shit cut out for like five seconds. No, you're seconds. good. You're good. I can okay, hear you. Okay. All right. All right. I apologize. So how is how is being on very legal, very cool. Changed your guys's life. Let's start with let's start with uh, Nate here. How, how has it changed? Your life? Well, I'm pretty sure my brother fully understands all my views about Christianity now. Um, oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's for better or for worse, I guess. I don't know. Um, let's see. I have something to listen to when I drive to and from work every Monday. 
Um, well, I guess that's not what being on did. I just had it. I don't know. I've gotten some Twitter followers, which is cool. Nice. And they're all pretty nice. So, yeah. We have this... followers doing this. <laughs> we have that rad Discord. Well, maybe that's a secret, I guess. I don't know. But have some fun sometimes on no, there. it's rad. It's a good time. Very cool Discord. It's just the best. I feel... I feel like I'm encroaching on the podcast now because back to back weeks and like most appearances, so have to take have to take some time off. Well, well, that's, an honorary host at this point. That's that's fine. That's fine. This is funny because this is what happened with Nick and Seth's show too. Uh, Nate Nate ended up being the most frequent guest on that too. I'm not, I've never been on that show <laughs> on on Cowboys of Life. Nick uh, Nick uh, Stifle and and Seth um, Seth Close. Both of them having been guests on the show, they have a that that Facebook live show they do. Uh, Nate's been on it like twenty times. I've been on it three. <laughs> it's basically twenty. And one of them, one of them, we didn't stream the Facebook live the right way, so our faces aren't looking the right way because Nick and I were drunk and we were uh, complaining about the chick who blamed us for ruining Fallout Boy. <laughs> oh, that was a good. That was a good episode. That was a good episode. Uh, Ross, what what? Of your life has changed since you since you were on VLVC. What? How have we changed your life, man? Well, if you remember from the last episode, me being platinum in Rocket League. Yeah, not anymore, folks. And I owe it all to you guys. We're diamond now. Oh hell yeah! Also, also, my voice might be a little more crisp on this one. I got a. It is. It sounds a lot better. It does sound better. I'm not running off the laptop mic. You, you know, well, it sounds I've gone nowhere like, but up since the last step. Yeah, it sounds like very legal, very cool has has had a very positive impact on your life. It sounds like it. Absolutely. I mean, I, I mean, I was a piece of fucking shit before. Just absolute garbage. <laughs> Just terrible. I was frankly ashamed to be on the same show as you. I honestly, I'm so glad you guys let me on because it has changed my life. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Today, I feel a little less ashamed. So, so thank you, Ross. Thank you. I, was, I was going back through old episodes because this is, you know, the retrospective, the year in review episode. Um, how's your grandma doing? Oh. <laughs> she's doing good, I think. Yeah, she's still, yeah. she's still posting. She's still posting. She's, racist she's why stuff I'm such a Facebook. great poster. <clears throat> she's still posting racist stuff on Facebook. Was... Every once in a while, for sure. Okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> she's doing good. <laughs> I don't know, Nate. I you know listen to old episodes. Are you uh, you still a Christian? Still a Christian. Still kicking, baby. <laughs> oh, that's, that's well, so name. we didn't try hard enough. Yeah, and actually, <laughs> a few more episodes, I, and we'll uh, we'll cure well, you with that. We, we'll only I actually got Josiah to join back, so we're really no, no. That's to... not how. Was oh man, we're working that. in the negative. I was going to say, Jared and I only pull someone one direction or the other. Jared is is. You, you know, you, you kind of Unitarian or atheist, and then mine is Catholic. So seeing as you're not Catholic or atheist, That's true. We've, we've kind of failed, I think. That, yeah. that, that yeah. one didn't real well. We only operate in the extremes, and we don't like that you're sitting in the middle. No. I'm sorry. Protestants <laughs> fake as shit, dude. Yeah. I, I took the religion test you guys did the other day, actually, when I was goofing around, and yeah, uh, I got 100% Episcopalian. <laughs> One hundred percent. Damn. Yeah, that's intense. It was. I think I had some type of Lutheran on there too. I don't know. And then liberal Quakerism, I think. 
think that was on there. And under that, it just said, don't even think about anything else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We literally matched you 100%. You should uh, probably go with this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. Well, it's it's good to check in with you guys. That uh, that brings us on to the next segment, which is the uh, you know Patreon ad. You guys you guys want to do a Patreon ad for us? We got to do it a different way than last time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, am I still doing that? Am I still on there? Yeah. What was that? Am I still am I still throwing you guys money? Uh, are you still giving us money? That's a good. I'm question. not sure. I might have. I stopped. don't think so. I, I think I, I stopped think because you guys stopped making fun of me. Well, well if yeah, you re- we if, I'll tell you what. Month. If you join yeah. back up, we will make fun of you again. Yeah, because yeah. that's the only part of the episodes. I, I, I listened to the like MK Ultra one, and then I just skipped to where you guys make fun of me in every other one. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, you know, if we will bend the rule a little bit and. For every month that you're a patron at the ten dollar tier, we'll just keep making fun. Ross is the scapegoat of this show. That's... <laughs> <laughs> I think what Rose, right? Is her name? Yeah. yeah, yeah. She, I think she's the one who just like decimated me. I don't remember what she, she, she said. made me. She was the only one. I don't remember, but I remember she was the only one who made me feel kind of bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, she left a little bit too soon. She could have. She could have like brought one back. Oh, she could have came I, in. I, I, yeah, I should have wished. Yeah, we should have brought her in and had you guys talk. <laughs> I don't want to talk to her. Not, not after that. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Um. Well, Maybe we won't have you guys do a Patreon ad. Because, I mean, if you're listening to the New Year's special, you know, you listen to this show. I don't think this right. is... I, I don't think we're getting a lot of newcomers on today's episode. That's going to no, be like so this three is, hours this long. Is, yeah. yeah. We started so. recording at like 6.30. <laughs> we're nearing three and a half hours. Like I said, I cooked dinner, ate dinner, did my laundry, worked out, stretched, oh. cleaned my room all while recording today damn i've not done any of those things for about you, a week what are you guys drinking <laughs> what are you what are you drinking ross <clears throat> you know you know you know what it is i got the the boxed wine hell yeah you know, a little a little rosé from the yeah. bag nate are you drinking anything or are you just high uh <laughs> <laughs> the laugh answers it yeah, that was. Uh, I'm the laugh fully is Des Moines IPA. That's that my nice. official answer. J- Jared, are you drinking anything? Uh, I had a glass of water, but I left it downstairs when I came up to my computer. So no. Uh, cool. When, <laughs> when, I, when, when I answer this, should I answer what I'm currently drinking, all or all that I've drunk during this episode? All that I want to hear everything you've drunk. What? Wait, have you done this bit? before with other people what do you mean is this the first is this the first segment on this episode of what yeah are you yeah we, we never mentioned what are you drinking when we got rose on that's so. true oh okay is that right? yeah then you gotta do them all but it would have been funny if you kind of changed up every every guest yeah that would have been funny but we've been winging it so uh i i worked my <laughs> way through six E&J brandy shooters Jesus. and yes. a and a full <laughs> bottle of champagne because this is the Whoa. Jesus <laughs> man. <laughs> so now I'm uh, working on uh, some kombucha I found in my fridge. Well, I'll say, I, 
I did That's have a glass of kombucha and I had a glass of water. <laughs> yeah. I would have grabbed like a beer or something, but I'm out. Like that, that was kombucha is going to be doing out. work. You know, That's, interesting, yeah. interesting side note. My uh, my roommate, James, huge beer guy. He got COVID, can't drink beer anymore. Like just lost the taste for it. Totally. What happened? So he, he got COVID and then just like after that, he just couldn't stomach beer anymore. Like it, it just didn't taste good. Uh, he just didn't want it. Like. That's that the sucks. side effect of COVID that they don't tell you about. That is and arguably one of up. the worst ones. That's terrible. I think so. Yeah. That's so don't get COVID. Worse than that type of dysfunction. Oh, yeah. Unless you're like really into IPAs and annoying about it, then you should probably get COVID. Oh yeah. <laughs> For a multitude of reasons. I feel specifically <laughs> called out here. Holy shit. <laughs> Dang. Well, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I, uh, I used to have a one-liner I would open my stand-up with, which is like, if I was a beer, I'd be an IPA. Uh, oh, yeah, that was a good one. Because uh, nobody like like, what was it? Because everybody doesn't like, because I don't take, because um, I'm not very good, but everyone pretends to like me. That's yeah. what I used to say. <laughs> And nice. I, I, I still kind of like that. I thought that was yeah, a good still like, way true. to start. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> you could tell I haven't done stand-up in a while, but I was blanking on my own opener right there. I, I was like, <laughs> I don't even know what I used to say. Out here that stealing was, your own that jokes. That was the old me. <laughs> a past like life. You're going to follow Mulaney into rehab, my guy. Mm-hmm, All mm-hmm. these off-work comedians right now. Yeah, yeah. Don't got nothing else to do. Yeah. Yeah, I stopped. I stopped stand up with COVID, and then I just haven't started back up because COVID's still here. Um, Sucks. I, I mean, was thinking about the how podcast. Would be to That's kind of similar. Well, th- there's they're still running the open mics, but they're still running the open mics in the middle. Of right. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. I don't <laughs> hey, hey. To, about the only good thing of the stimulus deal is that they have stuff for venues now, so that's good. So maybe the places can cut back even more now that they're actually getting funding. Maybe they could stop. Yeah, yeah. running a fucking open mic. In the middle well, of I think COVID. it's any business that's lost more than like twenty five percent of their revenue in any quarter this year gets uh gets some money. Yeah, which is okay. good. All right, fellas. I, I think we need we need this is technically the end segment. So I've got, I've got thirteen are... minutes left, guys, before my bedtime. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. I've got a hard well, stop at nine. Welcome to uh, to Twitter news. Let's go. <laughs> I'm not even gonna try and fix it. It's fucked up, but <laughs> this is what it is, guys. <laughs> wait, did you not wait? Did you accidentally do the Seinfeld theme? Or yeah, that wasn't on purpose. I thought it was like a it. remix of the of the news. I, I I don't think Jer- I don't think. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ross hasn't been listening to the show, so he doesn't know all the what cool stuff we've added to. This. Oh yeah, I don't. I don't. Know. Maybe if you played the Seinfeld theme before you made fun of me, I'd hop on a little more often. But... <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, an extra $10 a month, and maybe we will. <laughs> Come back, Ross. We miss you. Um, oh, shit. I got to get uh, Twitter News loaded up. One second. It's Twitter News. Uh, oh, yeah. Most of... No, 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 no. <laughs> God damn it. 
<laughs> you did that to yourself, man. Oh, I no, I had a quick thing I could have done. Because because Emily Rose wasn't able to be on the episode. But she was like, hey, I got a Twitter news for you though, if you haven't at the time. So she sent this. Which is from at Keemstar, which always knows that's gonna be a good tweet here. I, I literally, this is my first time reading it also. I haven't, I haven't thought this through. So, uh, McChicken has always been $1. McDonald's just raised the price to one, uh, to one thirty nine. Everyone wants a stimulus package from the government to get some free money. But when the government just prints more money, the money you currently have is worth less. McChicken is now worth one thirty nine. <laughs> get it? No, I was I was so excited to get six hundred McChickens next month. <laughs> God damn it! That's killing me, man. Nancy Pelosi gave me six hundred McChickens. <laughs> Paid in McChickens. Well, now I gotta get like five hundred and fifty. <laughs> this is insane. Uh, the what I had I mean, prepared. As we for... know that McDonald's is the indicator of the health of the economy. So. That's true. That's <laughs> true. I, I got to scroll down a bit because what I had prepared for for my Twitter news here is a lot of stuff, and I have to like actually kind of scroll through it together. Uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and just send this to you guys. So, do you guys know Eve Six? Nope. Nope. The band Eve Six. You might know Eve Six from um, the song Inside Out, maybe, at one point. It was a big in the 90s. Was, oh, not the Christian I wasn't Inside big Out. in the 90s. No, no. They're... Um, fuck. They're going nuts on the timeline. Yeah, that's what happened. <laughs> oh, out, out, out of the blue, they were just <laughs> like, I use Twitter now. And they're just like tweeting shit posts on this like like the sixties nineties like sixties Jesus Christ I'm drunk this nineties like band let me see if I can find an example of this they they've been great they've been awesome this is good tweet content out of nowhere I'm yeah, gonna these are some good posts tobacco is better than weed that's a respect that one really post. made me laugh. Also, they've just been like outing all these people they toured with at one point. That's huh. been pretty great. Okay. God I'm made gonna... COVID happen so I could post a lot, and I'm so grateful. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to find. They 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 just tweeted like no caps, just uh, that heart in the blender song that I got on the radio. <laughs> I wrote that when I was a virgin. <laughs> I'm trying to find the tweet. Yeah. Was... <laughs> it's it's all can't good. wait for the cringe Rolling Stone article about my Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, where is this? Oh. <laughs> and then he posted the article right below. Nice. Yeah, they just blew up on Twitter. Here, here we go. Here we go. I mean, this is exactly what I just said it was, but this is the tweet. <laughs> Oh, I saw that one earlier this week. <laughs> that's like the thing is like he's that's not even the name of the song. Like it sounds like a shit post. Like he misnames his own song. <laughs> <laughs> or he, sorry, the tweet is um I was literally a virgin when I wrote the heart in a blender in a song. <laughs> uh this is followed up by uh here at Tool. 
Do you like the Heart in a Blender song? <laughs> right? <laughs> well, he asked AOC too, I guess. <laughs> it's just. <laughs> here, here, here we go. Uh, at Slayer. Do you like the Heart in a Blender song? <laughs> this, this is, is the funniest. Whoa, thing. whoa, hold on. Only dead eyed bug people think comedy is funny. That's true, though. <laughs> that is so true. At, at Jack, do you like the heart in a blender? Song? <laughs> Dude, this is all great. Yeah, like, like, and he's just telling stories. He's like, the third eye blind guy had me fake arrested by a real cop in Alabama on tour because the <clears> night before I had taken a big jar of candy from the front desk and said, I'm the singer of third eye blind. I can do whatever the whatever I want. <laughs> And they called us through at 3 a.m. I'm telling him to give the candy back. <laughs> oh, man. That's, that's a really this is brutal. Prank. They, they asked Anna from Red Scare Pod if you like, like the heart. Here, here, here you go. Here you go. Here's this. I'm so going to read this. Good. This thread is amazing. Uh, there's a good sweet scene between me and the stained guy to shit. I, I'm writing the memoir of alternative rock mediocrity right now. This scene deserves its place in the canon of rock and roll history, though. Next tweet. A festival in, like, Indiana or something, when I was very much still in my cups, I climbed on top of the stage, left PA wing, which was very high, at least 20 feet up, and mimed the stained guy as he was singing that I'm on the outside song. His security pulled me off, and I, and I landed hard on my back, and they threw me out. Next morning, my tour manager woke me up in my bunk and said, there's 12 guys waiting outside the bus right now who want to kick the shit out of you. You should probably apologize. So I stumbled out of the bus, walked up to him and said, I'm sorry, guys, nothing personal. I was real drunk. And the guitar player was like, dude, it's cool, man. We've all been there. No worries. And the singer with tribal tats was like, you better be sorry. (laughs) It's just like like getting fucked up and just like tweeting weird memories of 90s rock. That's incredible. (laughs) This sequence of, of three tweets here is, is pretty brutal, especially for you guys. He says, playing in a rock band makes you dumber. Musicians like are really dumb, LOL. <laughs> and musicians are people who think the most important thing in the world is, all caps, or title caps, their dream. <laughs> Those are really good. I'm still not even done with today's tweets, and these are all great. <laughs> At, at Jake Paul, do you like Here's to the Night? <laughs> oh my god, I didn't realize that I was still on today. I've been scrolling for like five minutes. Does this yeah. guy ever stop? Holy <laughs> shit. This happened Did he recently. just like hit a bunch of it's, meth it's, and go on Twitter? Not, it's not like this is a thing he's been doing in the past. It's like like Eve 6 for just since none of you guys apparently know Eve 6, that's like they put out a really famous song in 1998 and disappeared. And then all of a sudden, the Twitter account for Eve 6 was blowing up on my feed because he was just posting, like, insane-ass tweets, like, 50 times a day. It's amazing. Dude, this guy definitely tweets on a different account. He's, mm-hmm. like, he's too good at, at shit posting. Right. No, he is, he is 100%. No, he, <laughs> he's lived the lifestyle. I want to know what his account was before. Right. And, and a lot of these these shit posts though are also great cuz they're like outing 
like yeah yeah like famous rock people and just like calling them shitty because he, he's like uh i just tweeted like i literally wrote one of the a puddle of mud singles got paid hundreds of dollars <laughs> and then added to it the money was real tight i made hundreds of dollars yeah <laughs> mainlining dave Grohl into your eyeball <laughs> It's a fun one. <laughs> I'm I I'm amazed you guys haven't heard this song. It, you know it's okay. I'll edit the pause out. Here you go. This is <laughs> this this song. You know this song, guys. I would swallow my pride. I would choke on the rhymes, but the lack thereof would leave me empty inside. Swallow my doubt, turn it inside out. Find nothing but faith in nothing. Oh, yeah. Okay, thank you, thank you. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the integral part of the one there isn't even, like, an integral part of the song. It's just, like, part of it. <laughs> it's like, I, I just, it's, it's, that's why the tweet was so great for me anyways. I'm just scrolling my feet, enjoying my day, and all of a sudden, this guy from the hit from 96 shows up and he's like you know that song i was a virgin when i wrote that <laughs> <laughs> jeffrey epstein probably sang along to the heart of the blender song at least once <laughs> <laughs> this is, it's, i mean it's not a bad song i i like it uh, that one is probably true <laughs> This is great. This is really good. The Janus Soprano of alt rock. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's a genius. So, what do you want to bet they're coming out with a new album here soon? Oh, that would be. This would be a clever way to do that. That'd be de- disappointing, certainly. though. Almost I would love certainly. if they were if they were shit posting for the love of the art. They, I, I would bet, I would bet good money that they will be coming out with an album within the next probably yeah Yeah. Yeah. what a great way to advertise for it that's a good way to do it i mean if you got the if you've got the skills at at kamala harris do you like the heart in a blender song uh he posted a picture of his mug shot from 2003 here you go here you go oh what do you know i I don't know why he posted (laughs) that but there it is and then we got a uh, wallflowers guy is super nice. He told me a crazy story about some guy he knew who went to art school. And every semester and passing year, this guy'd walk more and more fucked up. And then he presented his final project, which was him filleting himself. And he'd have two ribs removed, two MK paws. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> so I don't good, like good, this. Good stuff. Good stuff. I'll say that. Yeah, yeah this, this is great. Oh yeah, he said pitch at Pitchfork. Will you please give our new record a 1.6 rating when it comes out? <laughs> there we go. Album confirmed. Oh, here, here we go. Uh, at Marilyn Manson. Do you like the Heart in a Blender song? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what. That's all I had for Twitter news. Do you have part? That's some great news. Do you have some parlor news, Jerry? I. You know, I don't right now, but I'm gonna I'm gonna open parlor and find out. Let me know. Let me know. <laughs> <laughs>
we we have definitely overloaded. How did this, you guys this... get worse? Since that? <laughs> 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 Ross, have you not listened to this show like since you were on? <laughs> I've only listened to the make fun of me parts, honestly. I I'm you know, I'm sorry to say it, but Yeah, we've gotten worse. I'll say that. Well, it's, I mean, Megan I guess... says, is now the time to buy a home? <laughs> yeah. uh, Trump threatens to veto the COVID-19 relief bill, calls it unfocused, disgrace, loaded with foreign aid. That's probably true. That's true. Uh, well, I'm with Trump on that one. <laughs> Edit that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm keeping that one, yeah. <laughs> That's the um, real Jared right there. Oh, God. News Crusher says, come on, man. Russia again? You're garbage, Joe. We know it's all on your son's laptop. Hunter's real information, you one-horse pony. <laughs> one-horse one pony. One-horse pony. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. uh, Couch right. Chimp says, I am incredibly intolerant of incompetence. I choose to dismiss everything that JRB says. <laughs> Or at least attempts to say you're a one horse pony. Really? I will never. Oh, I guess maybe that's something he said. I will never support him as U.S. president. Oof. Nor camel toe as his vice president, as I believe that until they have proven they have won the elections through fair and equal means, they will always be illegitimate. But then again, I don't expect either to be sworn in on January 20th. Either the, EC, either the Electoral College slate will be disputed and overturned. MRP won't accept the EC slate and call for a 1-1 lower House vote for presidency. Or hashtag Team Trump will affect the 1807 Insurrection Act. Failing all that, sharpen pitchforks and 100 million pissed Americans on Jan 7th. So we've got that nice. to look forward to. <laughs> <laughs> And that's been Parlor News. Jared, I think your soundboard's kind of fucked up right now. Something's is, going. Is that an accident, or do you just have like a like a bass boosted glitchy version of the so, so, Well, there there is something that, wrong that, with it right now, but I am also running it through a rectifier. Okay. <laughs> it's 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 intentionally fucked up sounding, except for the uh, the glitchiness. That part's not. <laughs> the glitchiness is not. What 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 the. the since, since you haven't listened to the show, Ross, what the bit is, is Twitter news is the normal sound, but if it gets really weird and distorted, that's, that's parlor news. That's parlor news. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's cool. it's, it's a bit now. Yeah. <laughs> that's fun. So I guess we're at end segments. Jesus. No, not even end segment. We're, we're at plugs and we're done, I guess. This well, has been okay, such we're, a we're weird episode. We're at the end segment? thought this whole thing was the end. The end of the end segment. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Man, this has been a weird episode. We had like such a deep conversation <laughs> and then we've been doing this. <laughs> we could get deep if you want and talk about how terrible yeah, let's get, 2020 let's get deep. Okay. What, Ross, say something deep. What, what if like when you're high, it's like when the world is real, you know? No. Oh fuck! I never thought of it like that. Oh, that's that's right. Right. Yeah. 
what if that's when you really see the real, real life is yeah. the dream Whoa. oh hey nate, nate nate you listen you listened Fuck. to the the most recent episode right the christmas episode that you were on yeah how do you like it how do you feel about that how do i feel about it I thought my performance was pretty poor because I couldn't keep up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, he, he was like, he, he the next morning he apologized to me. He's like, sorry for ruining the episode. And I was like, you didn't ruin the episode. <laughs> I kept getting stuck. You can literally, I'll find the tweet tonight. There's literally something you're talking about. And I remember me tweeting it out because I couldn't get it in the conversation fast enough. And I was like, whatever, I'll just tweet this thought. <laughs> 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 in the middle of the episode so it was an it was an interesting one that's for sure good stuff You're well well uh jared do you have any plugs uh i'm uh i'm reading the book a book called the sports gene and it's about uh the nature versus nurture argument and a deep dive into uh, genetics and finding out why people who are good at sports are good at sports and if it's because of uh, you know picking their parents or uh, if, uh, how they were raised and turns out it's really complicated and a mix of both so nice. okay spoiled it but uh, it's, it's a good, good book S similar to that i i want to plug uh the the chapo guide to revolution by chapo <laughs> trap house <laughs> Uh, uh, or or Medieval Europe by Chris Wickham, which is the actual book I'm reading. But I, I did listen to the first uh, 20 minutes of the Chapo Guide to Revolution. On to you, Ross. What are you plugging? Um, yeah, if anyone wants to run some doubles in Rocket League, I'm probably changing my name on Steam to One Horse Pony after this. <laughs> so hit me up. Nice. All right, gang. Well, after uh, only three and a half hours Nate, of recording. Nate's got some. Nate's got hey, some hey, it's, like, it's just like last episode. <laughs> Sorry, Nate. Well, I'll, just, I'll, just, I'll just tweet out my plugs if you want. Well, I, I thought you, you talking about tweeting your plug out was, was your plug. I thought you were plugging yourself and your tweet. Also, uh, yeah, hit me up on at Guy Respector on Twitter. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Since the last episode... <clears throat> Ross got banned on Twitter along with Caleb. So, so what they do? Well, I, I uh, threatened a certain country singer. I threatened his wife again. <laughs> oh, no, that no, no, is not, I know no, about not that. again. Yeah, yeah. Ross, Ross, went, Ross went down with that when Caleb did that. So that's why he's uh, not Froganoush <laughs> anymore. He's Guy Respector. I tweeted at Caleb earlier, so I thought you were saying like from like two o'clock in the afternoon today to oh. now he got banned again, and I was like, oh, okay. Damn. Caleb is yeah. still the bog hog, right? I think he yeah, did get a, a small ban for like threatening Josiah's life. He did. He did. I don't even remember what it was, but he just no. He like, said he was going to beat you up when he gets back. Yeah, he said he was going <laughs> to beat me up, and then my brother <laughs> got banned for saying that to me. <laughs> Swift justice. Yeah. Okay, I'd like to all plug. Right, right, sorry, I'd like to plug. Oh man, I haven't done anything cool in Artie lately. Ah, uh, I'd like to plug the Iowa Hawkeyes and all nice. their all their Twitter followers for how good they are at uh, <laughs> bullying my friends when he makes an innocent joke. <laughs> oh, that was so <laughs> fucking funny! Oh my god, nice. 
It was so funny. But the Iowa Hawkeyes basketball team is very good, so I plug them, and I also plug bullying Iowa State fans online. <laughs> I'd like to uh, I'd like to bully the or I'd like to plug the the L and N EP Christmas EP that came out uh, last week. Uh, it won't even be Christmas by this though. So. Yeah, at this point, it's not Christmas anymore. But you should go back and listen to that. I don't have a gun Tiffany. to my head saying that I have to say that. <laughs> it's, the it's the same bit as last time. No, guys, don't you Josiah stop? <laughs> oh man. Okay, this has been such a weird episode. You know what? We've, we've been recording uh, for about hey, if four you're listening hours to this now. episode, go back and listen to it again. And every time Josiah says, this has been a weird episode, take a shot. Oh, yeah. oh God. It's been a weird episode. And then you might be as messed up as Josiah right yeah, now. I, yeah. 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 I think uh, we're, we're, uh, we're just, I think we're about to hit three hours of recording and uh, <laughs> just slowly losing it. <laughs> A, a lot of a lot of it's going to be edited down. It's okay. God, It'll I hope a, so. Yeah, I I have a plan tomorrow morning. Nah, you should just day. just release the raw, yeah, the raw the recording for your, Patri- for your Patreon subscribers. Yeah, yeah, I'll do that. Hey, you're working <laughs> hey on us to punish tomorrow. you. You're working on your album tomorrow. I might. I just might. Yeah, yeah. You better. Yeah, I just don't want to have to wait through another semester, so I'm going to be increasingly. Uh, I'm going to ask you about this on, with increasing frequency. If you don't That's get okay. Going. That's okay. It'll be done. All right. It's Fair almost enough. done. I know. I've heard it. I know. So it I just, should be done I just like it off of Dropbox. Okay. Okay. Thank Goodness. you so Goodness. much for listening <laughs> to Very Legal Very Cool, the podcast about the new been 2020. We'll see you not drunk anymore in 2020. Uh, a year I, I promise will have to be better. I hope to God. That's a Christmas present from a very dear friend of mine. What Thank you. Thanks, thanks for joining us. This, this has been a, a, a it's terrible year. But we're glad we did this. Year. Oh. I kind of had a good time.